You are now listening to No, That's a Travel with Justin and Ian. And like we never left, the No, That's a Travel podcast is back with a brand new episode, episode number two of the season. Surprisingly, and life has been busy and moving parts, man. We haven't been able to connect. But today, ladies and gentlemen, you have a fresh episode of the hottest NBA podcast in the world. I am your host, Justin Turner, along with my co-host, Ian Skanga, man. Ian, what has been going on? I've noticed that this is the one podcast out there that is the world's greatest because we're always right. <laughs> right off the top, man. Just like, just that's what I've noticed, man. I, I mean, th- our takes this year are on fire. I mean, if you listen to episode one of the season, which you should have by now, cause you had a ton of time to do it. Right. But if you've listened, I point me in the direction of the take that has been wrong. The only one that I can think of so far is my take that the Orlando Magic wouldn't make the playoffs and they Ooh. have. Yeah, that's been about it. Every other one has been just spot on. It's it's been it's insane. And it just proves that we know what we're talking about. I mean, we don't have to we don't have to, you know, pat ourselves on the back. The stats will prove it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what Jay-Z, right? Men lie, lie, women lie. lie. Numbers yep. don't. That's it. That that's kind of what we have to go with here. And and again, you know, if you if you have a take that debates our takes, you know, we'll love to hear it, you know. But nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten at this point, we're gonna be right. Yeah, it's like Sheldon would say from the Big Bang Theory, say we could we could talk about it, you're gonna be wrong, <laughs> but we could sure discuss it. Speaking of, before we get into the headlines of this week, the the podcast took a little road trip up You're to right. Cleveland. Since it is the closest NBA city to us, we got a treat. We got to see the greatest shooter ever put on an absolute show. Nine three-pointers, 40 points. The Warriors beat the Cavs by, I believe, 15 that night. Mm-hmm. Awesome display. Your thoughts on seeing Steph Curry live? It was worth every dollar I, I spent. And that's one thing I keep per- telling people. I was fanboying out since I got back from it. I just, if you get a, ch- if you're an NBA fan and you haven't seen him play in person, I'd recommend it because it was just, it was insane. It, just to watch the best shooter ever put on a show like this. And the, and the crazy thing about it, you were talking about it in the end of the third quarter. They were down what? 15 like themselves yeah i i think they were down i want to say they were down either 13 or 15 going into the fourth quarter and we were we were talking about the spread of the game because the spread was uh golden state minus nine and a half mm-hmm. and you <laughs> i i believe you had said that the nine and a half isn't looking too good and i'm like there's still a whole other quarter left. <laughs> and Steph got ridiculously hot in the fourth quarter. And we kept watching that score go from 13 to 8 to 5 to 0, down 3, 
down six, down 17 in like a matter of about 10 minutes. Yeah, that's the Curry effect. And it's it, it's just, it was amazing to watch. And the crazy thing about the Warriors is that they're this good without Clay. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get to the Clay part of the Warriors in a few moments. But the one thing that I was taken back by in watching, you know, Steph Curry in person for once, um, I've seen pretty much every major NBA superstar play live outside of, you know, the older guys like your Jordans, your Patrick Birds. Because, yeah, yeah, just because they were, you know, I was a young, young kid at that time. Too young, so I, yeah. And, and with us living in Pittsburgh. Right. And with us living in Pittsburgh and not having an NBA team, I think Jordan came here once in the preseason. I think they played – I want to say they played the Raptors, but it was one of those really odd, like Pittsburgh used to get like NBA preseason games back in the day. Um, And I think he came here once, but I didn't get to go. So I didn't get to like see that era in person. The one thing that I'll say about seeing Steph in person, as it compares to the other superstars of his day, when he makes shots, you feel it differently. Like literally just as a fan sitting in the stands, there is is just an energy that happens when he hits these long three-pointers or these three-pointers on the run and no dribble off a screen, these shots that you don't think anyone should be able to hit. When he hits them, you almost feel the building either get juiced with energy, which I'm assuming is what happens when they play in Oakland, or San Francisco now, or you feel the building just deflate as it did when we were in Cleveland. There's almost this just bubble that is there waiting for Steph to pop it. And when he does, you just see it just take away everything from that other team. And they're just dead in the water because it's almost like, what can we do? Think about it. The best way I can explain it, think about when you're driving and you make that turn real quick and then you hear, you hit that boom, boom. And you hear, you hear that thud and then your heart sinks down because you're like, Oh no, what happened to my car? That's kind of what it's like here. Whenever Steph hits those shots, you I felt it in Cleveland, man. Like we were sitting next to a, a group of very nice, uh, a mix of Cleveland fans and warrior fans, but they were very friendly, very nice people. But you boy, when he made those shots, you could just feel the disgust <laughs> come out of them. It was insane. It's unreal. Like I've seen LeBron, I've seen LeBron go off in that particular building playing for the Miami Heat. And it didn't feel the way it did when we were watching Steph. Like it was it, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe the feeling, but it was like, oh no here it comes. And once Steph started getting it going, I think everybody in the building knew that there was nothing they could do. And for the Cavs, I I thought the Cavs played a a tremendous game. They got, unfortunately got cold in the fourth, but Mm -hmm. I thought they played a great game pretty much all day. The Warriors had no real answers for them, you know, offensively. Dean Wade, whoever that is, just completely showed out. You know, Darius Garland had a tremendous game with, you know, almost no help. And I, I still felt that in that fourth quarter, once Steph got it going, because I think Steph hit the first shot of that run. And it was a deep three. I think it was the first shot of the quarter. He hit a really deep three. 
And I think from that moment on, there was just a sense of we can't stop them. Yeah. And the thing about the Cavaliers that really impressed me was they were doing this with everyone hurt. I, I mean, they're, they, I think their, their list of injured player was longer than a roster than their actual starting roster, because they were out. Uh, Lori marketing was out Sexton's out. You know what I mean? So you're some, some of your best guys, two starters, you know? So it was really impressive. I do like Darius Garland, seeing him play in person. He was very impressive. Like you said, like at times he was just carrying the team. Dean Wade was just on fire. That was insane to me too. But I mean, they shot the ball very well in that game. They just, like you said, got cold in the fourth, but overall it was a great game. Definitely one um, that I'm glad I was at for. Um, And we had this take the last time we went to Cleveland and I'm going to reiterate it here um, just to, just because we have to. Whoever is the Cleveland Cavs DJ, please update your playlist. Actually, I, I don't know what you need to do. I, if you need a Spotify account, feel free to use mine. I don't know what you need to do, my guy, but please update that playlist. A little bit. Why little are bit. you playing This Is Why I'm Hot in 2021? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, there's definitely some other songs we could mess with. Uh, every I mean, year should be just recycle or just don't recycle it. I mean, if you want to play the, the, the classics every once in a while, you want to drop a classic in there. Cool. That's fine. I, I think he had the entire 2016 playlist. Just hit you play. called one of the songs coming before it came. Too. I told I yeah. felt it. I felt the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what song it was, but you definitely said, watch, he's going to play this. And then he played it. And it was nuts. I totally felt the, the matrix barroom margarita mamas oh, sure. tequila yep. willies vibe just coming and if you're not yeah. from pittsburgh you're not going to get any of those references but those are old clubs that we used to frequent when we were in college if you went i was going to say <laughs> if you went to point park in the early 2000s you were with us when we went out to those nights <laughs> those were the if, times if you are from pittsburgh and you remember the strip district or station square around the early to mid-2000s, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So you'll know exactly what the playlist I'm speaking to. Yep, when the strip district was fun. (laughs) Anyway, let's get into uh, some current event things. We have to talk about the biggest star in the game, of course, uh, Mr. LeBron James going all Kung Fu Panda in the middle of a basketball game, um, hitting Isaiah Stewart. Some say intentionally, some say unintentionally in the face, causing Isaiah to just bleed profusely from the eyebrow, and then it caused a mass hysteria. Um, What were your thoughts on the the incident there, Ian? Before we touch on the incident, um, I did want to mention one last thing about the Cleveland game. Okay. To any NBA fan that has not seen him in person, Taco Fall is enormous. (laughs) That is a very large man. Pause. Yeah. He is, if he can develop his game, oh my goodness. But anyway, I guess I just, that's all I wanted to say about it. But, (laughs) um, but yeah, insane. Um, the one thing about the the fight that I thought was that I kind of rolled my eyes at was when LeBron said it was an accident. I'm like, "Mm, really, really, like we're going to play that game. Like everyone saw you look (laughs) like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? I, I don't think he meant to hit him in the face. I definitely think he meant to hit him. Mm-hmm. 
Like he was trying to get him off of them, and that and that's fine. It, it's basketball, it's a physical game. I get it. I'm even okay with you intentionally trying to hit him. I think where my issue was, you hit my guy in the face. <laughs> like after you looked. So that to me was like weird. Like it's intent. Right. That that shows me a little intent. And I'm like, I don't understand how you accidentally hit him in the face there like i'm not saying you purposely hit him in the face but i don't understand how you accidentally hit him in the face like he's right next to you you know where his body is like how does one just be like oh my bad (laughs) i I, yeah that's what i'm saying like when you watch the video i I mean i know in some angles it's slow motion but you can still even if you watch it regular you can see him look back like it's it's one of those things where it's just it doesn't look like an accident to me at all yeah you totally see him line him up and then just swing his arm which again like i said i, I i'm not lebron so i can't judge his intent there but it does look a certain type of way <laughs> here's my thing and i i've only been able to see bits and pieces of the clip um so what after the initial scuffle what set him off again like what set off isaiah stewart the second time I don't think there was anything that set him off the second time. I just think he was still mad. Uh, because, like, to, to do, to get, like, because I felt like it was calm, and then, like, something just, like, changed. He wanted to get after LeBron. I Listen, when you see red, I guess, when you are in that moment of rage, you know, logical thinking just goes out the window. Now, again, I my issue is I don't know what was said. I think if we had the audio, which I do think, as I get on my soapbox here, I do think it's mad convenient that we got sound of pretty much everything from every play and every angle and every sporting event everywhere on the world, except for when some shit breaks out. Where is the audio? You mean to tell me nobody on that court was mic'd up? You mean to tell me this audio from this fight just does not exist? I literally heard Frank Vogel yelling at the referee last night in Madison Square Garden, and you tell me in Detroit, we ain't got no audio of this fight. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you just don't put a mic at the bottom of the, the hoop for the underneath the rubber. So that's where I have a problem with it. But I think if we found out what was said, we might be able to understand what set him off. Because I'm sure... I've been in enough basketball scuffles in my life. I'm sure you have to. Once word starts getting exchanged, you know, common sense just goes out the window. Yeah, and that's, but that's the thing. That's kind of to my point is because, like, once that initial scuffle happened, you're like, okay, everyone, then they're breaking up. You're like, okay, it's, it's starting to calm down. And then, like, for him to, like, charge through people, like, that's where I'm like, he, somewhat, something had to have been said that he just, that just set him over the edge. My man looked like Eddie Lacy running through the Notre Dame linebackers in the national championship game. Like, you could not stop him. Like, just straight, I'm running over everyone to get to LeBron. My big point here that I kind of wanted to touch on is I like this energy. I like this energy in my NBA. I'm not advocating violence. I don't think there should be fights, but I like hostility. Like, can we get back to the days 
of these teams and these players not liking each other. It gives it a different vibe. You had to watch the Bulls and the Knicks in the 90s. Why? One, because it was Michael Jordan. But two, you knew they didn't like each other. You knew it could pop off at any moment. And that's why you had to watch. You had to watch the Knicks play the Pacers. Why? One, because it was Reggie Miller. But two, because you knew they didn't like each other. You knew it could pop off at any moment. The Kings and the Lakers in the early 2000s, same sort of thing. Not because it was just Kobe and Shaq, but you knew they didn't like each other. At some point, this thing could go off. Remember Shaq called the Kings the Sacramento Queens. Again, bring back the hostility. The league is too nice. It's too buddy-buddy. It's too everybody be friends because LeBron can help me make money off the court. It's stupid. Let's get back to hating each other on the basketball court. Remember when Joakim Noah said that no one vacations to Cleveland? Thank you. And and what happened? You had to watch the Bulls play the Cavs because you knew they didn't like each other. There is whole videos of Joakim Noah calling LeBron a bitch to his face, and you liked it. You know why? Because you need that hostility. The league is too nice. Like, it's disgusting. Like, let's let's get back to hating each other just a bit. I'm not saying in real life. I'm not advocating violence. I don't mean actually causing people harm. I just mean we need rivalries. We need some good old-fashioned hate. Like, I don't like them. I want to beat them. Let's get back to that. Yeah, and I think that I agree with you in, in in a way just because when you're talking about the competitive drive, the, the the hate for one another, that fuels a different fire that I think brings out more of the skills that these players have and the abilities. And I think that you'll see even better competition that way because they want it more. You know what I mean? Like when you're friends with people, you're just like, all right, we're just kind of messing around. Like we're at the park. You know what I mean? Like just playing like a street ball game or something. And you're just kind of just hanging around. No, no, no. You need to get at everyone. You know, this dude dunks on you. You better go down and get next. That's just, you know, like, don't let anything happen. No easy buckets, no easy layups, none of that stuff. Like, let's get back to the old school, you know, like, I don't care who you are. I'm, I'm going to beat you on the court. No, you know, nothing about it. Right. It's like, plus, it makes the game fun to watch. We're, we're from Pittsburgh. Who do Pittsburghers hate? The Ravens. What is the best game to watch every single year on the schedule? Steelers Ravens. Steelers Ravens. We don't like the Flyers. What game nope. do you love to sit there and watch, no matter if it's October or June? Pins. Don't say June for the Flyers. Well, that's true. That's true. My bad. Hockey reference for those of you that don't follow the sport. Um, but you want to watch Penn's Flyers. You want to watch Penn's Capitals because you hate them. What's the rivalry right now in basketball? I'll wait. NBA versus LeBron? Maybe. Jordan versus the Hornets? Like I don't I don't know what the rivalry is. Like like what is what is that one rivalry? It's like I got to watch this. I can't think of any. There you can't name it. You know why? Because everybody's friends, everybody's buddy buddy. They're just going to hug it out afterwards. You're going to see them practicing together in the summertime. There's no hatred and that's part of the problem. With the league in my eyes, I mean, now the NBA probably loves it because they don't have incidents like what just happened. 
but let's 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 get back to hating each other a little like a little bit yeah see and the thing about it too though i i think we come from a different era and and i think that's probably why we want to see more of it i don't and so like i don't know if it's going to happen i kind of hope it does but i think with us growing up in the 90s and seeing those old school matchups and you know the heated rivalries that we want to that we want to see it again we want to see it revisited but i don't know hopefully it does but you know i can't even tell you what the last like heated nba rivalry is or like was maybe heat celtics for like a brief period for the heat for the bubble like, for even the bubble. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going back there like, that far. Like wow. Maybe then, but like maybe but Cavs Warriors wasn't even really heated. They just played every year. Like it got it a little heated. heated when LeBron got suspended. Or not when LeBron got suspended, when Draymond got suspended, but that that's about it. Yeah. I think you gotta go all the way back to maybe Ooh. Pistons Pacers in the early 2000s, maybe right around the Malice in the Palace time. What, a, what about what about the year they won the title? Was it 09? Who the Pistons? Oh, the Pistons won the title in 04. 04. That for wow, it's that far away. My goodness, 04. So I'm just trying to think. I can't even. Yeah, that's the point right there. Right. Right. <laughs> that, that I mean, exactly is the point. Speaking of Malice and Palace, the one thing about the scuffle that I thought was very entertaining was the PA announcers in Detroit going, please stay in your seats. All of the fans stay in <laughs> That made me chuckle. A lot. They were like, they were like, not this year, not again. <laughs> Everybody nope. stay where you are. They were like, nope. Uh, let's get into some actual basketball now, and we have to talk about the best team in basketball, and that is the Golden State Warriors, just destroying the league right now at a pace that I don't even think we forecast them to be at. 15-2, and two, number one seed in the Western Conference, best record in the NBA. I mean, you have to put them as, like, your top title contender right now, and this is without the services of Klay Thompson. That's why you have to put them up as the favorite, because they're doing this without one of their best defenders, you know, and another top shooter in the league, you know. So – because he's going to bring you a what? Another six threes a, a night? If that, I mean, that's that's a low number. Yeah. So if we're lowballing at six, I mean, that's eighteen points right there. Plus his defense. I, I just, I, I just think this team is scary right now, and they're just only going to get better. The the only thing I'm hopeful of is that Clay stays healthy because we don't want another year of the NBA or the Warriors, mind you, without Clay. Because I, I don't think that the, the team can go as far as they want to go without him. Yeah. And you could hear it in Clay's voice. Clay had a quote yesterday talking about how bad he wants to win another championship. And you can just tell he is being motivated by everything that everyone has said, not only about him, but about this team, not winning another championship. And it's like, you've let this man sit on this fuel for this long. If he comes back and he's 85%, 
of what he was pre-injuries. Ooh, it good luck beating the Warriors four times in seven games. Like that is going to be a monumental task. I I know this is going to sound kind of crazy, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think that the Warriors miss Clay's defense more than his shooting. Just because I think he brings an extra dynamic that will help shut down opposing teams more. I know, I know how good he is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm just thinking like he's in, he's what top five shooter in the league, if not higher, you know, but his defense is top tier too. You want my hot take here? Okay. I don't think the Warriors miss Clay at all. Damn. I, I don't think they miss Clay at all. Like they, this team, as currently constructed, is a championship contender without question right now, today. There are maybe three teams, and that might be a stretch, that can beat that Warriors team, if they're healthy, four times in seven games. You put Clay back into that mix, I, I, I don't know who's going to beat them. Like, Honestly, like even with the way they play right now, when you're getting that type of effort from Jordan Poole, um, Gary Payton Jr., the list goes on, Toscano Anderson. Remember, Wiseman still isn't even back. Like, good luck, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. seriously, good luck. And now you're just going to add Clay back in there if he's even a shell of himself. I don't know how you're going to beat that team four times in seven games. Like, I don't see it. Well, first of all, I, I think it's a little ridiculous to say they don't miss him because I feel like they do. Show me where they miss him. His defense. They're a top three defense in the league right now without him. And so they'll be number one when he gets there. Really? That's the difference. <laughs> that's what we're going. But it is. But it is. I mean, it's just. I. I mean, really, like you're going to tell me that they don't miss Clay Thompson? Like they're okay. fifteen and two. They're the be best. Re- they're the best record in the league. They're a top three defense. I don't even know what they are offensively, but I'm. I'm assuming they're a top five team. So with Clay, they become number one in defense. Seventeen and zero. But that doesn't. And- that doesn't change much, is what I'm saying. Like the difference between seventeen and zero and fifteen and two is not like this wide gap. It is when you're eighty two and zero. Bro, no one's going easy enough. <laughs> With that being said, I I don't know what the what's the what's the even bigger ceiling with Clay there. Like they're they're that much more unbeatable. Like I think they're I think they might be unbeatable right now. But that's the point. What it, what it does is it gives an unbeatable team even more firepower, even more depth because they're adding another person. So they're getting even stronger. But what I'm saying is that's not a missing them. Like to say that they would be missing him would be they have a deficiency that they that they need help with. This team doesn't have any deficiencies. Like I, I don't know what you can point to to be like this is how we beat the Warriors right now. Yeah. And again, it's super early. I understand that, and there's a lot of basketball to play. It's about a quarter of the way through. With the way they're playing right now, good luck. That's all. I'm, good luck because who's the uh, the the other young guy they got in the draft? Um, number eight, the guy who was hitting all those threes, also in. Um, oh uh, yeah, 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 the center. 
Yeah, that that guy. <laughs> I I forget his name. One sec, I'll get it. I'll go. Valencia. But yeah, him. That guy, number eight. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. But yeah, <laughs> that guy is also adding a, an, an element for them because they run a lot of offense through him and teams still haven't figured it out yet. So, I, I mean, look, of course you miss a Hall of Famer, an all-star, you know, maybe the top three greatest shooter of all time, obviously. But to say this team has another you know, I guess level to get to. Sure, but it, they're at a top level right now is what I'm saying. Actually, that's a good pool question. We should throw that up on the pool on Twitter. Do the Warriors have another level they can reach with Clay? Either that or do the Warriors miss Clay? Okay. We'll see what the what the audience thinks. You got it. My pick to win the Western Conference before the season started, the um the Phoenix Suns are currently on a 13-game win streak and are the number two seed in the West. They're looking like they're pulling it together as well. They had a bit of a slow start. Um, didn't look quite ready, but now they are hitting their stride, and they are going to be a tough out in the Western Conference. I, I think that you're seeing what we expected to see. I mean, the, the Suns are good, and they're going to be good for a while. Um, they're playing. I, I think that now that they got everything figured out, they're going to start rolling here. The The thing about them is we kind of know who they are. Now they just need to finish it. I mean, they got there, you know, they got to the top of the mountain. They just didn't get to the, the tip top. So it's now it's okay. You got there, but you got to finish it. Shout out to Chris Paul. <laughs> Surprise of the Western conference right now. And I don't know if this says more about them or about the conference as a whole, but the Minnesota Timberwolves are currently hanging on to the last play-in spot. Do you think the Timberwolves stay there all year? Not unless they make a trade or something. I don't think they have enough talent to, to, to keep them where they are. I know it's the 10th seed in the West here, but I, I just, I still think it's a little early, but it's a good start. It's a promise. I mean, for what it's worth. I just don't think they're going to the, – the longevity is not going to be there. I think they do, man. I, I think they hold on to that spot because if you look at the teams that are beneath them, I can't see any of those teams making any type of any type of real run at them. I mean, if they even float around 500, which they're 8 and 9 right now, if they stay at 500 or even a little bit better, they should easily be able to stay in that 10th spot at least. Because we yeah, all know I mean, Oklahoma mm-hmm. City's not trying. We know that. <sighs> Sacramento just fired Luke Walton, so they're pretty much done, as I stated before the year started. And I told you they're not getting the 31 wins, but we'll get to that later. Uh, a lot of games left. <laughs> San Antonio is done, and we really have to start talking about how good of a coach Pop is without Hall of Famers. Um, New Orleans has nothing, and Zion will probably be out of there in a year or two. And then we know Houston has nothing. They're paying John Wall $40 million to not play basketball. So I don't know if any of those teams are going to really catch Minnesota at this point. I think if any team will, it would be OKC. But like you said, like they're not even doing anything here. They're just kind of messing around. 
I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I just don't see it, but Hey, there's, it's still early. I mean, 17 games in got a long way to go. Got 64 games left. So we'll see what happens in the next month or so and see where they're at. I believe in you call Anthony towels. I believe in him too, but he's the, I mean, who else do they got? Anthony Edwards has been a nice, nice piece since they drafted him last year. They still have got um, D'Angelo Russell. So they've, they've got a little bit. they got a little bit. I, I, I've got faith. i got faith in the Minnesota Timberwolves this year. Let's go. Do they finish higher than the Lakers? No. But I, like I said in our first, our first episode, the Lakers will be in the play-in tournament. I think that's honestly all they want to do is just get in. I, I think there's, without question, they will be in the play-in tournament because I, I don't see this thing working out. I, I just don't. <laughs> right now, they're they played the Nuggets. Uh, yeah. Right now, they will play the Nuggets, and boy, boy, I might be right. Jeez, that is that's close. That's, that's tough. a tough one. That's tough, right there. Let's move it on to the Eastern Conference. Any surprises at the top of the Eastern Conference standings? Um. Chicago. I mean, I knew Chicago was going to be good, not third in the East good. I'm, I mean, and I feel like now it's not to the caliber of the West by any means, but I think the East is starting to get a little bit deeper now. So it's, it's bringing out a little bit more, more competition, a little bit more fun games for sure. I mean, my surprise has to be the Washington Wizards. Like it, it just has to be sitting there at 11 and six at the four seed right now, currently in the Eastern Conference, no one thought they would be even remotely this good. I mean, again, it's still early, but that is tremendous that they are in a position where you're talking about the Washington Wizards being a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. Do I think they'll hang on to that as the season progresses? Probably Mm -hmm. not. But the fact that they're even there right now is a testament to them. And they were the top seed in the East for about a week or two. So, that has to be your surprise. Um, I think an even bigger surprise in a lot of respects, the 76ers being at ninth. Again, the world knows how I feel about Doc Rivers as a coach. I'm almost willing to give Doc Rivers a pass on this year until that Ben Simmons situation gets resolved. But there's too much talent, even without Ben Simmons, for that team to be at ninth place in the East. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely messing with a lot of my predictions. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, that's, that's more of a surprise too, that I was going to bring up. I was also going to say Milwaukee at the eight, excuse me, is kind of, kind of surprising as well, because I mean, they're pretty much the same team that they had last year, but we know what the Milwaukee situation is. They're coasting. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're going to coast this thing. Like when you, when you've won a championship, you've had a short summer, they're going to coast until probably all-star break. And then I expect to see, you know, the Bucks turn it on then um, and get up into that top probably four or three spot. I feel like Philly will do that too once they get rid of Simmons. Because like, because then all that's gone. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he's traded, he's gone, he's on a new team, new city, all that stuff. Goodbye. Now they can just start fresh without him. Yeah, I can totally see that happening. And again, the teams to kind of watch out for Atlanta sitting in the 11th spot at a 500 record. You you have to imagine they're not going to be down there the whole time. 
Like you, you could, yeah. And actually, you can make the argument that the East is deeper than the West based on the standings right now because it's more competitive. Like it, what? There's four teams within a game of each other in the East, or for the last pl- spot in the playoffs or in the playing games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like so that's pretty cool. Like because you could when you're looking at it, Atlanta absolutely could jump jump Cleveland no problem. Toronto could too. You know, Indiana can can get hot. They got some players. They could jump in there. So I feel like those those three teams could jump into the playing game, but it's like who gets out? It's probably Cleveland. Yeah, I don't think Cleveland will stay there, although um, they've got a lot of young talent. Which they I do. Really, I really like. I, I If I was a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers, I would have some hope. Maybe not in this year, but you can kind of see the pieces coming together where, okay, this could be a team that might be able to do something in a couple years. You know, Evan Mobley's had a great rookie season so far if he can stay healthy. Um, They've got Laurie Market in there if he can stay healthy. Uh, Like we said, we're really high on Darius Garland. So Mm -hmm. they've they've got some pieces. They've played. Don't forget about you're forgetting about Colin Sexton. Well, no. So I believe he's done for the year, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I'm saying for the future, though. Oh, yeah. But for the future. Well, that's the question mark is, are they going to keep him or are they going to move him? So oh, yeah. we don't know if he's going to stay there. However, but like you said, that's still a young piece. He's got some trade value for sure. Yeah. So you can build around that. So if I'm a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers, I'm excited. They, they look I would like be. they're turning the corner. You know, maybe they've you know, figure some things out. They got to get a coach, though. Yes. Uh, I, I, yeah. I'm not sold on Bickerstaff, but once they get that figured out, they should be okay moving forward. So, if I'm a fan of the Cavs, I've got some hope. I will tell you, I will tell you that depending on how the Sexton situation goes, I feel like Cleveland, you're about two years away, two or three years away, and you got then you you should have something. So have some hope because you're not far away. Yeah, and then, like I said, the young teams in the league, you know, are showing you can turn the corner pretty fast. Look at Charlotte. You know, they've they turned the corner pretty fast after being just a pure dumpster fire for Lord knows how long. Um, and for, Chicago's back as well. Yeah, for sure. I want to touch on Chicago in a second, but to the Cleveland Cavaliers training staff, please develop Taco Fall. If you guys develop Taco Fall, then your team's going to be absolutely ridiculous. So please develop his game. <laughs> we'll see man we'll see what taco fall turns into man i'm excited about it you imagine it's tough for guys that are that big because right it's it's it's, it's less about developing their game and more about having them have like the physical agility and stamina to play in the nba for that long like being that big there's only so much that you can really do because you're not going to run up and down the floor. Like that, yeah. that's not going to happen. So you probably aren't going to play huge minutes. If I give it to you in the post, you have to be agile and quick enough to make that move really quickly. Because when you're seven, six, you can't dribble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're going to have to try to do something there. And then, probably the biggest issue for him is developing foul shots because you're going to get fouled a lot at seven, six. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of factors that go into it. He shows promise. He had a block in the game that was just silly. So even if you just get key moments where you can put him in defensively and be okay, 
that might be what you really what you what he turns out to be. Sort of like what they do in Dallas with Boban. You know what I mean? He only plays in spurts, but if you can if you can get a solid three minutes here or a solid four minutes here out of him a night, that may be the ceiling, but that ceiling may be able to give you the boost you need to win those games. Agreed. Um, yeah, let's go back. Let's talk on the uh, the Bulls. I just wanted to state that fact, too, just yeah. because Cl- Cleveland has some young players, and they're going to be something very soon. But, yeah, let's go back to uh, Chicago. Yeah, what do you got on the on the Bulls? They are fun to watch. They are fun to watch. Uh, very impressive. Uh, like I said, a lot higher. I mean, it's, it is early. We'll preface everything we're saying by it's early. We're less than 20 games in. But as of this moment right now, we can only speak in the present. They are very fun to watch. I didn't think they would be third in the East. Um, I, I think that this is a team that's going to be here to stay. I think this is going to be a very dangerous playoff team because they're young. They're fun to watch. They're building real great chemistry together. So the Bulls are back. They've got that. Um, so if you've been watching the NBA for a really long time, in about when did it happen? Probably about the mid two thousands. The Bulls had a young core that they called the Baby Bulls, and everybody got super excited about them because they were like young and they were winning games. And you're like, could this be? Are the Bulls back? This team is kind of giving me that same vibe. But the difference is now this team, unlike the Baby Bulls, have veteran players that are already established in the league. So you kind of know what you got. Like you have known commodities on this team. You have DeMar DeRozan. You have Lonzo Ball. You have Vucevic. So like you have pieces here that you can absolutely build around and be something special moving forward. So that vibe from that like baby bulls era is probably with this team. And that's what makes it fun to watch and to see the city kind of gravitate around this team. If they do will be fun. And it'll give you those, you know, late nineties vibes in the United center. Is it still called the United center, by the way? I was just going to bring that up. So <laughs> No, I was the reason why is you want to know what's gr- the best thing about the bull, this bulls. Um, I would say resurgence. So Monday, this coming Monday at the United Center, that's what I was going to say. So, yeah, it's the United Center. The Bulls are playing the Hornets. That game is relevant now. Is Jordan going to be in the building, which is what would make it really relevant? Wow. (laughs) That'd be something. Like, does Jordan pull up to the United Center and be like, yo, this is my NBA would explode. (laughs) <laughs> Chicago would explode. Remember, my statue is outside. <laughs> That's what he should it. tell his team. That's what he should tell his team. Just remember, this is mine. Jordan has to walk into the United Center like Denzel at the end of training day when they're kicking him out of that, that area. And he's like, all you motherfuckers. <laughs> and be playing basketball. You'll be playing basketball. Pelican Bay when Bay. I'm with you. King Kong ain't got shit on me. King Kong ain't got shit on me. You've never seen Training Day. Go see it. Go get the the Blu-ray. Yo, he has to. That would be like the the most classic moment ever. Um, But yeah, that game might be relevant again. I I like it. Because I I I love watching the Hornets. If you haven't watched the Hornets play basketball. Speaking of fun teams. Man. 
Yeah, Hornets are real fun too. I just don't think that they're at the level of the Bulls, which is crazy to say because just last year they were ahead of them. But that's how the NBA goes. I mean, you make a couple moves, and boom, now you're a contender. That's why you got to keep you keep the grind on. You got to keep you know finding your stars, build around your stars. If you're not going to do that, push all the chips to the middle of the table, trade for a superstar, and build around them. The Vucevic sign is great. Um, and I think everyone's finally seen that he is a very good player, um, averaging a double-double now for the Bulls. But he's one of the, the pieces that they brought in, and this is exactly why you need to be aggressive uh, sure. sometimes. Like, if you're not hitting those draft picks, then you got to start hitting free agency hard, and that, look what happens. You can have maybe a two- or three-year run for some of these teams. Like the Hornets, if they go up five years with making the playoffs, maybe one run of the championship or two years at a championship, sometimes that's all fans need for a little bit. If you want, you know what I mean? Then you can rebuild. But, you know, just – Sometimes you just need to hit those free agents up and say, hey. Yeah, definitely got to invest in your scouting department. Definitely invest in a great GM that can work the salary cap and get you some players. But like we've said on this show numerous times, at the end of the day, if you're going to try to rebuild on the cheap, you have to hit on your draft picks. There's no two ways around it. You have to hit on your draft picks. And I'm assuming everybody knows that, but it seems like there's only a few teams that actually do it. Right. Yeah, I mean, you do, but, but, you know, at some point too, if it's not hitting, you got to sometimes, even if you do hit them, sometimes you just need to bring in that veteran presence that will help, you know, elevate you from, you know, bubble team to, okay, now I'm a contender. Here's how crazy... Um, hitting on your draft picks is from about mm, 1997 till about I'd say about 2008, 9, maybe 10 the Spurs hit on easily 85% of their draft picks (laughs) Easily, like and even when they didn't hit on them, they just traded them away and it didn't matter. Like, name me the last draft pick the Spurs hit on at this point, and now you see where the Spurs are. Yep, like they had that important because it's the longevity is there whenever you hit the draft picks because then you have them for 10 years as opposed to if you have a free agent sign, like maybe two, three years, and then they go somewhere else or. Or maybe they're just retire or whatever, but like it's it's that important to hit on those draft picks, and it 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 really sets your franchise up, you know, to be able to continue to contend because once you start missing, as you see in San Antonio, now you're eleventh in the league or eleventh in the conference. They're probably what thirteenth in the conference at this point, but this is what happens. And then you find yourselves like, okay, what's our next move? Because especially when you're a team like San Antonio, who's the free agent that's coming to play in San Antonio at this point? Not I. Which leads me to the next point I wanted to get into as we keep going with the show. At some point, we have to start talking about Greg Popovich as a coach. I love Greg Popovich was a Spurs fan for a really long time. Still kind of a Spurs fan, very fringe though. Um, 
you couldn't have a conversation about the greatest NBA coaches of all time without mentioning Greg Popovich for the last 30 years, maybe. Where is this great coaching? Because I don't see it now. I don't know. Maybe it's just different era, something that he can't adjust to. Maybe he just doesn't have the right guys. I don't know what it is, but I mean, the Spurs are a dumpster fire in really every sense of the word. They didn't make the playoffs last year, or if they did, it was in the it was in the playing game, mm-hmm. which they lost anyway. Um, but yeah, they they didn't make the playoffs in the bubble. I don't think so. It's been some years of of futility here since you know the big three kind of retired and Kawhi decided he didn't want to be there anymore. It's been a struggle for Mr. Pop. Yeah, and maybe it's just one of those things that, like I said, maybe he just doesn't have the right guys. Maybe there's a chemistry issue. Maybe there's something in the front office. Maybe they want something different that, you know, who knows? It's it's definitely weird, though. But um, something, I don't know, something's definitely not right there, though. Do you still look at Pop as one of the top five greatest coaches in NBA history? Yeah. I don't think his legacy is really diminished from this. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. The legacy looking shaky, bro. And it's tough in it's tough in basketball because like most great coaches really only coached one team and had that era of their dominance. You know, only really Phil Jackson has had that moment of being like, okay, I built a dynasty here. I left and then I built a dynasty over here. So like, I'm literally the only coach that's won championships for like 20 years. But, (laughs) but I mean, I'm trying to think of the last like all-time great coach who's had like a fall from grace this bad like they're they're a bad team right now and if you're that good of a coach you should be able to coach this team to some wins like i don't know i mean i'm looking through their roster and it's just i mean i recognize doug mcdermott thaddeus young thaddeus young is still in the league yeah, he's on the Spurs. Oh my! Oh, that would explain it. Sorry, Pop. I'm sorry I disrespected you. Like this, he's averaging eight points a game, which is even worse. Pop, I'm so sorry I disrespected See? you like this. I mean, they have to give you something to work with, my guy. I'm I'm so sorry. Yeah. So Doug McDermott, Daddy is young, Derek White. Who is Derek White? Thank you. I mean, they got Zach Collins. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, it's it's ew. it's tough sledding. Mm-hmm. Thaddeus Young, that's so crazy. Anyway, <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is that is awful. Man. So JT rescinds his apology. Yeah, I, I have to apologize for to to pop. That is man, yeah, I don't even think I could win with that roster. <laughs> Me neither. Wow. That's that's bad. Joshua Primo? Wow. Mm-mm. Whew, that's tough. That is tough. Anyway. <laughs> 
anything else with the standings um, before we move on to other topics? No. Um, I mean, everything's pretty much as as we expected. I mean, the Heat are really good. Can we talk about that for a second? Oh, that's where I was going next. Okay. Yes, I was going okay. to give the, the Miami Heat um, portion of the show can commence now. Uh, again, if you're new to the show, shout out to you. Um, we are two Miami Heat fans, so every show you're going to get a section of this show that is just strictly about the Miami Heat. Enjoy. Deal with, deal with it. <laughs> the Heat is on. And not just because it's November in Pittsburgh. <laughs> the Heat is most definitely on. Number two in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, there are nights when I watch the Heat play and I'm like, this is a championship contender. This is a championship team. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. And then there are other nights I watch and I go, this team is awful. Like, what are we doing? Like, the fact that they were struggling last night with Detroit, I'm just like, what's going on? I mean, maybe they took the night off. You can't take nights off, bro. Hey, I'm just, it's a real thing. Not when you got a shooting guard making a hundred something million dollars, or I'm sorry, ninety million dollars. You got Jimmy Butler making almost two hundred million dollars. You got Bam making almost eighty. Like first of all, Jimmy Butler is playing really good this year. I'm not saying he's not. What I'm saying is we can't afford to have nights off. Remember, inconsistency was the problem with this team last year, and look what happened. It's always the problem with the heat, though. When it was time to turn it on, they end up getting swept. So let's not do that this year. Let's learn from our mistakes. And yes, I'm saying R because I spend money on the team, so I'm part of the team. (laughs) Facts. No, they're they're really good, and I I like the roster. Um, I like the way they're playing. I mean, Jimmy Butler's, uh, he's an MVP candidate right, as of right now. Tyler Hero is a six-man-of-the-year candidate, probably the, the front-runner right now, the way he's playing. Um, you know, Duncan's starting to find his groove again um, just after we were saying he lost it. <laughs> so, like, I know I, I said he lost it. I feel like people just, you know, listen all the time because every time we say something, they, it, it happens. You know, we motivated Tyler Hero. Just want to – we want to pat ourselves on the back for that. We literally told Tyler Hero it was time to get into the gym after Duncan Robinson got his $90 million, and the kid looks like he should be starting in the league right now. He's got seven games of scoring 25 or more points off the bench this year. Mm-hmm. That That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. He could absolutely be a starter in a ton of places. One last night. Like, who scores 31 points off the bench? And, and the crazy thing about it is – I think I think the only re- well, it's working right now, and that's really good. And it's the thing about it is they got to keep the consistency up. They got to make sure that they get that groove going. But this team, as is right now, is very very good. And this is definitely a team that will be a problem, you know, for the Nets, for the Bulls. That's I can't believe I'm even saying the Bulls in that conversation. But the Heat are going to be a problem. Well, we're going to see because they play uh, the Bulls on Saturday night. Um, so we'll get a good test there. They got Denver after that, which should be interesting with the whole Jokic Morris mm-hmm. situation. Um, and then um, early December, 
they've got a stretch where they play Milwaukee, Memphis, Milwaukee, and then Chicago again. So we're going to learn a lot about the Miami Heat coming up here pretty soon. Um, but like you said, I like the way they're playing. It's just they're they're too inconsistent for me sometimes. And you're just like, just iron that out. Again, it's super early and I get it. Um, and they're trying to, to, to mold a lot of new pieces together. Um, but like I said, just get on some consistency, get more looks for um, for Duncan, even though they do try to force feed him a lot sometimes. But I feel like they can find creative ways to get him the ball other than just a down screen. Like I think sometimes it's very it's very predictable where they are about to go with the ball sometimes. It's like y'all can be a little more creative. You want to know what's insane? It's Duncan Robinson's averaging 10 points a game and he's starting. Tyler's averaging 21. Which I don't think is a bad thing. Like no, it's insane though, off the bench like that. Because yeah. you're not getting that many minutes. You know what I mean? So like it's crazy. And I think this may have been exactly what Tyler Hero needed. He definitely needed, um, for lack of a better term, a kick in the ass, bro. Like, mm-hmm. you had a great rookie year. You showed tremendous promise. And then you went into year two and was just like, I don't give mm-hmm. a fuck. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. So maybe him seeing what Duncan can do and knowing he's probably a better pound-for-pound basketball player than Duncan Robinson – and maybe him getting that $94 million was like, hey, if he can get 94, I can easily get 150. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Tyler, Tyler's a, a better uh, better guard with the ball um, in terms of dribbling and stuff like that. You know, like with Duncan, he has to try and get open through screens and stuff like that. I mean, he's deadly when he has a shot, but Tyler can create his own shot. And I think that's where the difference is. Yeah. And actually, I think that's where the money is for uh, for Tyler. For sure. And I, I I feel like that was hopefully the motivating factor and maybe him having a kid this offseason helped as well. I don't know. Yeah. But he's playing really good basketball right now, and that much I appreciate. Two things I wanted to say about the Heat that I like. I like the way they're playing defense, too. I mean, they're a very gritty team. They're a very physical team. They are not afraid of you. They don't, they don't care who you are. They're going to play their game the way they want to play it. Um, the other thing is, any thoughts on Victor Oladipo, like, when he is healthy? Like, do you oh, think he's – I didn't even realize he was still on the team. Yep. They signed him another deal. Um, I think he's coming back, I they I think, next year – or next year, Jesus. Um, th- I think December or January they were expecting him back. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. He showed flashes before he got hurt, though, for what it's worth. I mean, he looked okay. My problem with Oladipo is, like, when is he ever healthy? Not even just in Miami, but just in general. Like, when is he ever healthy? Like, when he's healthy, he's a solid player. He's definitely a fringe all-star. But, bro, I have to be able to count on you. Like, your best ability is your availability. And my man got hurt on a breakaway layup. Like, (laughs) after he had already scored. Like, I, I... at some point, you got to put it all together. Yeah, I agree. 
And I think I think this is good, though. I'm glad that they got out to the start that they did. I like the way they're playing right now. They just, like you said, if they just iron out a couple of the, the issues that they're having with the inconsistencies, and then we're good to go. I like to see the chemistry with this team once Victor Oladipo comes back. Um, you know, I would I want to see some of that because I'm, I'm assuming he's going to play point guard to spell Lowry, right? I would assume. I would assume he'd play the two. But then you have a log jam at the two. I mean, you're probably going to have a log jam regardless. Yeah. Yeah, probably. It's a good problem to have in a sense because you yeah, want that depth. I would assume he'd probably come off the bench, to be honest with you. Oh, for sure. I, my thought process was either him or Tyler would run the point and spell Lowry. Yeah, he'd probably – I would assume he'd come off the bench, and then that way you're probably – your bench is probably running small ball. Yeah. That would be that would be where my thought process would go, but I'd have to see it to to really be able to break it down. The point is, it's a good problem to have, and um, I like the depth that the Heat have as well. So, um, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see how it goes. I hope that they can keep it rolling, and if they do, they're going to be a big problem for the Nets or whoever they play in the playoffs. Well, let's hope we get to that. Let's yeah. Let's hope we get to the the point where the Miami Heat are a big problem for somebody. That'll be appreciated. Yes. No more first round sweeps. That nope. <laughs> that Cut is that out. <laughs> well, anything else before we wrap up this edition of the No That's a Travel podcast? Yeah, the uh, Lakers suck. Um, wow. <laughs> that <laughs> no, was a lot of hostility there. <laughs> no, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but yeah, they they're not very good right now. I mean, you can be disrespectful. I mean, it is cool. The Lakers suck, bro. Wow. Straight to twentieth in defense. I we twenty fifth, twenty fifth in offense. We also called that twenty eighth in points allowed. We called that, and twenty ninth in turnovers per game. We also called that. I'm just saying they're not good. I, I I we said in the first episode of this podcast, we said it at the I think the season wrap up episode of the podcast as well it's a poorly constructed roster it just is and it's like watching the game last night where they played the knicks um i forget who was doing the broadcast i think it was reggie miller they had made a case that the lakers were going to be so much better once they got trevor ariza and kendrick nunn and i'm like listen for a team that has russell westbrook lebron james and anthony davis on the roster and you're waiting for Trevor Ariza and Kendrick Nunn to pull this all together, bro. You're, you're trash. Like you're, you're just trash. If that's the thought process, this team is going nowhere. And you also have failed to mention Carmelo Anthony to boot. So, and like, yeah. The really the sad part about this situation, Carmelo's playing like their best player. He is. He is. And that's and that's the thing. Like this, we knew what this was though. Like I, I'm. It's coming to fruition. Uh, they're they're playing like their age, to be honest with you. They're all playing like a bunch of guys who have years on their legs. If the thought process was to bring these guys in so LeBron doesn't have to do everything, it is backfiring in a ridiculous way. Because if you're going to tell me LeBron doesn't have to do everything on this team, you just aren't watching this team play ball. Yeah, he has to do everything. He has. LeBron was in the game, and they were getting blown out by the Pistons. Like, let's 
in most of their games this year, like now they've come back and won some, but in most of their games so far this year, they're getting blown out. Like it's not even close. They're not even in close games, and it's like, oh, they just it, the other team just happens to win it. They're getting blown. They were down by twenty five last night to the Knicks. Yeah, major L there. I mean, the Knicks are good, but still. The Lakers ended up coming back and making it competitive, but they were the fact that they were down 25 to the Knicks, it, it can't happen when you have four Hall of Famers on the team. Mm-hmm. Four. No, scratch that. Not even four Hall of Famers. Four members of the NBA 75-year te- anniversary team on this Laker team. And they're getting waxed by the Knicks. Yep. It's just they're not very good right now. And I, 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 I swear, if I didn't say it, I should have. But Westbrook and LeBron, they don't mesh. They don't. Their their styles don't mesh. And I don't know what this thought process was. They they don't fit at all. Like you can see it. Westbrook plays better when LeBron's not on the court. He just does because he doesn't have to worry about LeBron dictating everything. So they just don't mesh well at all. Hot take. Okay. Westbrook's not there after the trade deadline. Oh. I, I can see it happening already. Like they can't sit around and do nothing. And again, if you're waiting for Trevor Ariza to be that like missing piece, you're not good enough. So somebody's going to see this prior to that trade deadline. I think Russell doesn't make it past the trade deadline. Westbrook traded to Detroit for Isaiah Stewart. Wow, awkward. <laughs> awkward. Um, the other, the last thing I wanted to touch on, though, is shout out to LaMarcus Aldridge. Okay. I wanted to give a shout out to him because, you know, with all the health issues he was having last year where he had to like retire because he was having uh, problems with his heart and then to come back and this year he's averaging 22 points a game, 10 rebounds a game uh, for the net. So I think that's, that's crazy to think about whenever he was like worried about his life, you know, just to come back into the league and just playing some of the best ball he has at his age. You know, it's very impressive. So shout out to the Marcus Aldridge, and hopefully he continue to, to play at this level the whole year. But for what it's worth for now, like, great, great job. For sure, man. Shout out to him. You know, health is the number one thing. Um, so, you know, as long as he's healthy and he can play ball, you know, shout out to him. Shout out to Brooklyn. Shout out to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, shout out to whatever lotion company is going to offer Kevin, Dar- Kevin Durant um, a sponsorship deal. Cause my man needs it, bro. Like, yeah, you gotta get my man some dub. Listen, I I've often had questions on how you can be that rich and your hairline be that fucked up, but your leg being that ashy, that now you just not caring, and that is that's that's interesting. I'm ashy too, but I'm broke. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference, like. <laughs> like if you saw me out and I was ashy, you'd be like, "Yo, why are you ashy?" But like I understand, like you might not have the money because you broke. My man, you got no excuses. Yeah, your pockets aren't nervous. 
you probably can afford the lotion where like you only apply like a dab of it and your skin is just like flourishing. Like I'm sure they got like some type of rich people lotion that's just like you in the Himalayas, you, right? Like this is like the fountain of youth. This is from the waters of Fiji, and like it refreshes <laughs> your skin so miraculously that you don't even need to apply it all like that. So like, why are you walking around here looking like that on a basketball court? He probably got lotion that just like grows new skin for him. <laughs> right, like, like it probably like sheds like a, a snake, right? Like yeah, right. Like sheds and it's like new skin, like fresh. Like there's no like it probably makes your like skin feel like jigglypuff, like just straight like soft and like clean. <laughs> and like, bro, why is you that ashy? Like it, no, again. <laughs> I can say that because I'm broke. Like, you might see me out here and be ashy, but I'm broke. Like, you can't judge me like that. I mean, it's rich. Yeah, rich, rich. Like, rich, rich. Like, richy, rich, rich. He could probably (laughs) own the lotion company. Like, (laughs) like he should be able to buy shares in Johnson & Johnson and be straight, bro. This dude's going to be on Shark Tank. Selling lotion <laughs> like, to Mark Cuban. Lotion, bro. Like that's your, there's no reason for that. Like would he do, would he go on Shark Tank or would he just go to a Mavs game and be like, yo, Mark, I got this lotion I'm trying to sell? Like why would he have to go on Shark Tank, right? He definitely has he definitely has Mark Cuban's like private number, like, bro, hit me with this. Like, here you go. And I know I've seen uh people on that show that Mark Cuban has talked to that that have lotion companies, so he could hook them up. Bro, CVS is right down on the block on any block. Like it's literally right there. No, he wants that. He wants that Himalaya mountain. Oh lotion. man, you can, I'm sure he can call a number, and it's just like it's Uber to his house, and like, <laughs> like there's. No, I'll do it. <laughs> my man will drive from Pittsburgh to deliver Kevin Durant lotion. No, I'm saying if he was in Pittsburgh, I would I would do it, but. No, I ain't driving to New York or Brooklyn, wherever. Yeah. You no. wouldn't do it right now if Kevin Durant was like, yo, bro, drive me, drive me some lotion. I got you. Jersey sign, floor seats to the Nets game. They play in the Pistons, so it ain't a good game. But you can have this if you bring me the lotion. You're doing it. <laughs> you are gotta, absolutely doing it. He got to cover my gas, too, and we got to deal. He covers my gas because that's a, that's like an eight-hour drive, bro. So I probably just fly. <laughs> bro, you are absolutely doing it. <laughs> bro, tell me you wouldn't do it. I, I mean, yeah, probably. But yeah. You're I'll saying a signed jersey and floor seats to a Nets game? Yeah. Bro, you're going. They're playing like the Kings, though. That's cool. I'll wear my jersey that apparently I'm going to get by the end of the year. I'm totally get a jersey. Oh, Kings win watch before we get out of here. The bet was if the Kings win over 31 games this year, I would have to buy a Kings jersey if they win under 31 games. Ian would have to buy a Kings jersey. The Kings are currently at 6-12 and 12 on the year. No way they're getting to 31. You don't know that. They're not getting to 31, my guy. I can promise you that. We'll see. <laughs> As always, man, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, E underscore four underscore T-H-R-E-E. And I am on Instagram and Twitter at MR underscore JT412. The show 
is at no that's a travel on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to interact with the show. And before we get out of here, shout out to the guys we met in Cleveland from England. So the show may be international right now. Look nice. at that. Nice. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to Cleveland for the hospitality. Um, and as always, man, everybody be safe. Um, eat a lot of food on Thanksgiving, you know, a couple plates. Um, if you have some good Thanksgiving plates, you know, send a picture and we might post it on our page. But and if the plate is trash, I'm gonna say it's trash. Don't drink and drive, please. Yes, definitely don't do that. And don't get a fake vaccination card either. All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week, man. Everybody be safe. Zinga.